Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillah alhamdulillah wa salatu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Welcome home everybody. It's good to see you alhamdulillah. Back with our study of Surah Al-Kahf chapter 18. We are embarking on what is like maybe one of the most uh, substantive aspects of this surah that has maybe the most pages of tafsir written on it uh, this small section of like 12 to 15 ayat um, we started it last week which is the conversation or the the journey of Prophet Musa السلام, and his journey to find uh, the man known as Al-Khidr and we talked about sort of this interesting uh, moment that happened okay the the hadith that Ibn Abbas he narrates from the Prophet Muhammad is that Musa السلام, was speaking to Allah and was asking Allah and however that may have happened and he was asking Allah questions like who is the most beloved to you and who is the most just and who is this and who is that and then finally he said who is the most knowledgeable who is the one who is most knowledgeable and instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying like you you know, Musa, or the prophets, or giving an answer. He gave an answer that was, that inspired Musa, He said that the most knowledgeable person is the one who, when they see how much knowledge they have, and how much knowledge someone else has, they don't settle for what they have, they choose to seek knowledge from somebody else. So basically, they're not just okay knowing what they know, but they want to go and seek knowledge from someone else. They want to go and get knowledge from uh, another individual. So Musa السلام, he asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that if there's anyone more knowledgeable than me, if anyone on the earth has more knowledge than me, and he's not saying this out of arrogance, he's saying because he's a prophet. So he says, if there's anyone more knowledgeable than me, then please indicate them to me. Tell me who they are. So then the hadith says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds and says, there's a person who is more knowledgeable than you, his name is Khidr. And then Musa السلام, he says, how should I find him? Where am I going to meet him? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on a body of water, near a large rock, near an island that's basically a rock mass. And Musa asks, Ya Rab, how will I recognize him? How am I going to know that it's actually him? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't describe Khidr, but he describes a moment. And he says that, take a fish with you in a basket. And when the fish goes missing, or when you miss the fish, when it leaves, then at that moment you know that that is where you will find him. Okay? So then 
the, that hadith kind of transitions into ayah number 60. And we talked about this. We did this last week a little bit, but I'm going back so we can get momentum going forward. When Allah Ta'ala says that Musa salam spoke to this young man, this fata, fata in Arabic means a young person, but it also has the meaning of, well, it says it means servant, but it also has the meaning of young person. So what do we say about the relationship between being young and being a servant? What do we, what do we say? Yeah, very good. Young people, it's okay, I think he's looking for his mom. Is she praying? Okay. Someone can take him, inshallah, maybe. Uh, he'll be okay, inshallah. Um, so, the young, the, the, the aspect of servitude is coupled with youth. When you're young, it's better to use your energy serving something rather than trying to chase leadership. Being a person of influence or a person of opinion is not something that is consistent or something that is compatible with youth. Why? Less experience. Huh? Less experience. Yeah, you don't have experience and experience is the fuel of wisdom. Like, if you don't have experience, how do you know? There are so many different things that if a person doesn't have that experience, they're not going to be able to know what's right or wrong. Or they'll be able to know hypothetically, but there's actually an, Arab, an, an Arabic saying, an idiom, a cliche, that says, when you seek advice, ask someone who has experience. Don't ask the person who knows. Ask the person who has experience. Don't ask the one who knows. Because the one who knows is going to give you like this distilled answer. Right? I love it when single people give married people advice. <laughs> right? Or people with no kids talk about parenting. It's, all, it, it's genuinely humorous. And guess what? I've been there. Like, I've been that person. You know, you should, parent, you should raise your kids like this. And I have a person in front of me with three kids. And they're like, really? Right? <laughs> The reality is that it's, it's, it's contradictory. There's something wrong. There's something, there's something that's seriously problematic when a person feels confident enough to talk about what? Something that they don't have any experience dealing with, right? So when you're young, when you're a person of, of, of young age, it's better to adopt an attitude of service because service is like an internship for life. It's when you can serve and you can take care of other people in other situations and learn from those, and inshallah, when you get older, you can benefit, inshallah. Okay? Um, so he took this young man with him, he took this servant with him, and he says that I will not cease traveling until I reach the point of the two seas, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him that he was going to meet Khadr, that I'm never going to leave, I'm never going to leave until I reach this point. Allah ta'ala give him shifa, I think he's sick. Make dua for him. Allah ta'ala give him shifa, make it easy for him and his family, inshallah. SubhanAllah, man. You know, sometimes when you're young, especially when you're a kid, and, and you have, like, you're sick, you're throwing up, or you have a fever, you, like, don't know where the pain is coming from. SubhanAllah, man. Thank you offer. Allah, give me shifa, inshallah. Okay, so, he says, I'm not going to stop. This is my journey. This is my mission. I have to meet Khidr. I'm not going to give up. Nothing's going to stop me, right? The pursuit of knowledge is something that is very heavy for Musa, alayhi salam. So then, the ayah continues, number 61 says, but when they reached the junction, at that moment, when they took rest, they forgot their fish. It took course from them and it went away into the sea. So the fish, Allah Ta'ala caused it to come back to life and it went into the sea and it left them. When, they, when the fish left, the Quran tells us that they didn't notice at that moment. They didn't notice at that time. They just kept moving. They noticed only when Musa salam he told his young servant during the middle of the day, let's take a break and eat some lunch. 
that fish that we brought, let's eat it, right? When the servant went to go get the fish, he found that it was missing because it had escaped. So when Musa heard that the fish had escaped, his memory clicked and he said, okay, this is where, that point where it escaped, that is where we need to go back and that is where we will find Khidr. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that at that point, his servant told him that the fish left us when we passed by this big rock. Now it's kind of interesting because you would think that the clues that Allah gave them, what did Allah say? Look for a what? A big what? Big rock. And now the servant's like, hey, remember when we passed by that big rock? So you would think like, okay, how did he not put two and two together? Right? How did he not figure out like, you know, that that was the rock and this, and, and maybe check and see if the fish left there. Like, how did he not do this? The reality is, and this is a, a, a you know, as they say, like a, a human reality. Knowing something is not enough. Knowing a right decision or a good thing is not enough. We have to be reminded frequently. We have to be reminded constantly. This is why the Quran speaks about reminders being beneficial to the believers. You will come across people in your life that will tell you things that you've already known. Have you guys ever been there? Someone tries to explain something to you and you already know what they're saying? You already know exactly what they're going to say? What's the response you give as someone's trying to tell you something and you know what they're saying? Right? You'll either like, you'll either start nodding, you'll like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, right? And then you like cut them off and try to finish it, right? Or you'll say like, oh, or you might just say, I've already heard this before. But in reality, you know, one of the signs of wisdom that the scholars write about, especially when they talk about the, the pure heart, is they say that the pure heart doesn't interrupt somebody even when they're reminding them of something they already know. Because when you hear something again for the next time or the next time, although it's the same piece of information, your perspective might be different. And you might glean from that something completely new, right? The smart person, the wise person is able to like dive deep into the point of knowledge and to take something new. If someone just looks at something on the face and says, okay, you know, this is what it is. I've known this my whole life since I was a kid. Then they're never going to grow in their intelligence or in their spiritual state. But if they're able to glean more and take more, then that reminder will be beneficial. So knowing something, knowing that they had to find the big rock wasn't enough. They passed by it. And then when Musa said, let's eat, the servant, the young man, he says, oh, well, when we passed by that big rock, I think the fish left in that moment. So, you know, that was the moment. So then Musa, he becomes excited and he says, that's where we were supposed to go. Right? That's where we were supposed to be. So it says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, that they followed their footsteps back immediately. In the tafsir of this, Ibn Ajiba, he says something really amazing. He says that in life, imagine you're on a journey, okay? And you're looking for something. If you're looking for khidr, like good luck. But you're looking for something, right? When you try to find something, if you guys ever lost like your keys or remote control or something of value, and you look in one room, you look under the couch, you look in between the cushions, and once you look in those places, what do you do? You check it off, right? You're like, I already looked there. I already looked in the couch. I already looked there. I don't have to go back. Musa salam, interestingly, the tafsir says, the first pass, he didn't notice, but he had to go back on his same path in order to find what he was looking for. And Ibn Ajiba says, this is one of the signs of a humble person. A humble person doesn't regret or doesn't mind trying to go back and fix their mistake and fix their situation and go and look where they already went. 
to go and find what they're looking for. An arrogant person, right, a haughty person would have done what? They would have been like, ah, you know, we already passed by there. You know, we didn't see anything abnormal. Let's just keep going. But Musa Aisalam says, let's go back. And they followed their steps exactly. When they went, Allah Ta'ala says, فَوَجَدَ عَبْدًا مِنْ عِبَادِنَا They found our servant. They found Khidr. And this is the point now where they meet Khidr. And Khidr is a very interesting person. He's interesting because, as most scholars say, he's not a prophet. Most scholars say he's not a messenger. So Musa salam technically, technically, is in an elevated status against him when it comes to his status as a human being, as a messenger of Allah. But Khidr has been given a specific gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like a very specific gift. What is that gift? That Allah ta'ala says, rahmatan min indina. We have given him mercy from us. He's been the recipient of mercy. Now mercy we think of as many different forms in many different ways, right? But what he refers to here as mercy is what? We have given him a specific kind of knowledge. Now Prophet Musa has knowledge too. He, that's why he's a prophet. He's receiving revelation. He's speaking to Allah directly. But Allah is giving Khidr a specific kind of knowledge. And this knowledge is a specific type that Musa doesn't have. And we're going to find out what that knowledge is. Musa then, because he's been told by Allah that this person is more knowledgeable, what do you think he does? He asks Khidr, he says, قَالَ لَهُ Musa. Musa says to him, هَلْ أَتَّبِعُكَ عَلَى مَا تُعَلِّمَنَا مِمَّا عُلِّمْتَ رُشْدًا Is it possible, would it be okay with you, if I spent some time with you and I tried to take some of the knowledge that you've been given? Is it okay if I take some time and spend some time learning from you? Musa A.S., if any of you have heard about his personality, do you guys know that he punched the angel of death once? You guys ever find that? You guys ever heard that narration? He one time punched the angel of death. The angel of death came to him and said, I think it's time to leave. And he said, not yet. And he punched him in the eye. And he knocked his eye out. And Allah Ta'ala said, like, did you see what, you know, he went back to Allah. He said, did you see what he did to me? Musa was a very, very strong-headed person. Okay? The Prophet used to compare Omar to Musa. He said, you guys are like each other. Your personalities are similar. Like you guys have a very, very strong personality. And I'm not saying that in a bad way, right? It is what it is. Omar was strong, but he was extremely soft as well. He was able to balance himself. But Musa had a very, very strong personality. So this statement is a very interesting statement because it's almost like he shrinks down a little bit. He's a prophet of God. He has a very, very driven personality. But when he meets someone who is his senior or his superior in knowledge, his tone almost becomes like, like a little, like a, like, a, like a young person asking for help. He says what? He says, like, is it okay if I come with you? Right? You guys ever have younger siblings? Can I come with you? And you're like, oh God, right? So he's literally saying like, can I follow you? Can you, may I follow you on the condition of what? I'm going to be with you. Is it okay if I join you? And when I join you, maybe you can give me some of the guidance that you've been given. So there's literally one whole page on this one ayah. The scholar of Tafsir, he goes in. And Imam Razi and others, they have like a long list. But let's just go over a couple of the things. Number one is that he's seeking knowledge. And what is he doing? What does he say? How does he approach it? You tell me. Is he polite, impolite? Is he courteous? Like what is he, how does he approach the situation? Humbly. Hmm? Humbly. What does he do? Does he say, hey... Allah told me you're knowledgeable. Does he drop the Allah card? 
you know, me and Allah, you know, we were talking, right? You know, people try to like reference. What did he say? Yeah, he goes, is it, like, you have knowledge, like, is it okay if I join? The humility is one of the conditions of that knowledge. He came to him, and he sought it from him, but he asked him first. I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how important it is that when you meet somebody, and you're seeking something from them, the approach has to be similar to Musa A.S. here. How many of you guys work in a professional setting? Okay, have you guys ever had to make an ask? You guys ever to ask for something? How do you come in? How do you how do you come into that conversation? How do you begin to advocate to yourself for yourself? You start to make demands. Do you start to make ultimatums? PowerPoint slides. You build a deck, right? Here are six reasons why I need a raise, right? Number one, inflation. Number two, health, right? No, you come in right with a little bit of humility. Now you're not self-deprecating. You're not like, oh, I'm the lowliest of the low here at Hewlett Packard. Like, please help me. But you come in and you say, look. You know, I feel like I'm a valuable member of the team. I really enjoy the environment here. I feel like I can help. I can increase. I can this, this, this. You come in with a, a little bit of humility. Humility is like a universally accepted trait. It's beautified. The Prophet said that whatever humility touches, it beautifies it. And whatever roughness and abrasiveness touches, it uglies it. It makes it more ugly. SubhanAllah. So being gentle, it will beautify any conversation. Musa the tough guy, comes into this conversation and his tone is totally gentle, very humble, very, very meek. And he comes and says, is it okay if I join you? And then he references that I'm joining you to gain knowledge that Allah has given you. I'm not joining you because of who you are in terms of your personality, but Allah has given you something very special. And I want to benefit from that. So he comes in with that beautiful approach. And what does Khidr say back to him? Ayah number 67. He says, Qala, innaka len It's like the ultimate rejection. Right? You guys think you've been rejected before? Ultimate. He says, uh, you're not going to be able to be patient enough to deal with me. That's what he says. So Musa's like, please? And Khidr's like, no. Just leave me alone. You can't handle this. Right? And he's not saying it out of arrogance. He's actually speaking something truthfully. And let me give you this analogy so that we can move forward and you can understand. Okay? The knowledge that Khidr has been given. Why is Musa so interested? Why is he so curious? Well, we'll see in a second. But Khidr, when he says this to Musa, he's not just saying it to Musa, he's saying it to you and I. He's saying it to us. Musa, in this story, I want you guys to put your feet in his shoes or his sandals, whatever he was wearing. Right? I want you to put yourself in his place. Musa, in this moment, is you. Okay? Now, who is Khidr? We'll find out in a second. So, he says, That how can it be that you can have patience for something that you have, no, you have not received knowledge about this before? Khidr is basically, he's exclaiming like, I don't think you're going to be able to handle this. So then Musa says, قَالَ سَتَجِدُنِي إِنشَاءَ Sabirah. That inshallah, I will be patient. He says inshallah. What was the lesson at the beginning of the surah? What did Prophet Muhammad forget to say? Inshallah. And we said, right, if you want something to happen, you invoke Allah. Now here's the counter lesson to that. He may not be patient, even though he said inshallah, it's not a magic wand. It doesn't always make something happen, right? He doesn't when you want something to happen, what do you do? Everyone's like, are you, did you get in? You're like, inshallah, 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 inshallah. You repeat it over and over, inshallah, 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 right? 
After Salah, alhamdulillah, subhanAllah, inshallah, inshallah, inshallah. <laughs> but it's, it, it doesn't make happen what is not meant to happen. Does that make sense? You say it as a reminder that regardless what happens, inshallah, it is what Allah wills. Regardless what happens in this scenario. So he says, he actually doesn't make the same forgetfulness that the Prophet had. He doesn't have that. Musa says, Qala satajinuni inshallah sabila. Right? And I will not disobey you. I will not disobey you in what you tell me to do. Okay? So then Khidr gives one condition. Khidr says, okay, you can join me. Okay, you seem like you, you're up to the challenge. You can join me. He says, what? He says, then if you follow me, do not ask me. I don't want you to ask me about a single thing that happens. What? Until until I mention it to you. When I'm, when I'm doing something and you see me doing something, don't ask. Just stay with me and then I'll make mention and I'll explain to you what's going on. When, when I think the time is right. Okay? Now I can already tell that a lot of us, I already mentioned this before, right? Postmodern, American born or American raised Muslims, we're starting to feel a little bit uncomfortable. What does he mean don't ask? Right? Innocent until proven guilty. We can ask all the questions we want. You know? Empirical method. Five senses. I learned this from when I was a kid in physical science. I'm allowed to ask any questions I want. When we hear someone say, don't ask, we get riled. We're like, this is, this is, what is this? Why is he saying that? But there's a huge lesson here. Let's talk about it, okay? So, number one. Allah Ta'ala says, so they went out. Until when? Until they had entered onto a ship. So there was, a, there was a, a body of water. They were obviously there on the body of water. They entered onto a ship together. And by the way, it was just them two. The Arabic says, فَانْتَلَقَى, which is two. What happened to Musa's, uh, Prophet Musa's servant? <laughs> what happened to him? He got, he got ditched, right? It, not, not because he was bad, but because why? Some people are not ready for certain conversations. Musa is a prophet. Allah sent him to learn from this individual. And his servant who was with him, now he's like, okay, you go. What this man is about to teach me, like you're not ready for this right now, okay? It's like when Musa tells me like, where is Allah? I was like, oh God, <laughs> right? There's a big conversation about Allah and learning about his characteristics and learning about things regarding Allah. Musa asks me, how do I go to Jannah? When can I go to Jannah? Can we go right now? I'm like, that's borderline scary, right? <laughs> okay? There's deep questions that people ask, and I'm using Musa as an example because he's like, you know, we accept him as being a kid. But some of us in this room, spiritually, we ask questions that we're not yet ready to handle. There's growth. And a lot of us, we get frustrated. So we go and we ask a question to a sheikh, tell me why this, right? And the sheikh's like, well, let's, let's start the conversation at the one-on-one, okay? Do you know, do, can, can we agree on this, on this point, on this point, on this point? Because you're asking a 404 level question, but you don't even have one-on-one level literacy yet. And we get frustrated. We're like, I don't have time for this. I asked you a question. Give me a thin article, right? Solve this for me. <laughs> and the person's like, I need to walk you through this, okay? It's like stepping into a hospital and saying, I want to do surgery. They're like, okay. Have you done the training? Have you studied this and that? You're like, no, I don't have time for that stuff. It's the same with this. So, interestingly, Ibn Ajiba, he mentions, he goes, where did the young, young boy go? He goes, well, he was, like a, he was like an intern. He was like the servant of Prophet Musa. He didn't have 
at that point in time, the wherewithal to handle what, you, what was about to happen. Okay? So sometimes, don't take it personally. Sometimes, if you're in a situation where maybe you're not ready to read something or see something or talk about something, it doesn't mean you never will be. It just means that you have to climb the ladder to get there. And everyone can climb, but you have to do it. Right? So if you come up to me after class or Sheikh Mikhail and I want to learn about this, he might tell you that you would do better studying a little bit of this first. Maybe read this book first. Before you go to that book, read this book for all the students from Qatar laughing, right? This is literally our entire semester. I want to study this. I'm like, you need to study like uh, Adam's world, Adam's bath first, right? We need to get it there, and then we can talk about the really heavy stuff, okay? So that's what happens here. So they go to the ship, and then at Khidr, what does he do? Kharafaha. He took like a, an axe or a sharp tool, and he chopped at it, and he made a hole in it. He made a hole in the ship. And he's supposed to be like this really pious, like knowledgeable person. And Musa looks at him and he just makes a hole in the ship. It's like you and me get into a car and we're driving somewhere and I just get out and slash the tire. And the driver's like, what happened with my tire? And you look at me, you're like, I'm like, don't say anything, right? So this happens. And Musa, he looks and he says, did you, he covered it with his, his, his garment he, like, he saw the hole in the ship and he covered it. He's like, oh my God. He goes, did you just do that? And then she says, are you going to drown us? What are you doing? And he says, you've done the most, like you've done the worst thing. This is horrible. Khadr looks at him and Khadr says, He says, man, I knew it. Didn't I tell you we wouldn't be able to handle this? Didn't I tell you we wouldn't be able to handle this? Musa's like, what do you mean? You just poked a hole in the ship. People are gonna, the ship's gonna go down now. Like, what are you? He's like, I told you we wouldn't be able to handle it. He's like, all right, I'm done with you. He's like, I knew I should have given you a chance. Musa says, what? He says, no, no, no. Please, Qara, la tu akhizni bimanasid. Don't, please, don't, don't hold me accountable. I forgot. I, I, I forgot. The rule was I can't ask questions. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot. Okay? Don't hold me to accountable. What I told break it open with an axe. Like, it's not what I'm used to seeing. Well, usually when I step on a ship, we just sail and enjoy. So I, please forgive me, okay? Please forgive me, okay? So Khadr says, okay. That's your, that's your chance. I don't want to hear it again. Remember the condition. Don't ask me questions. So then the next ayah comes. And Allah Ta'ala says, so they set out until they met a young person, a young, uh, a young man, like an adolescent boy. And I need everyone to think about this for a second. Just prepare yourself for this. In the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, Khidr takes that young person's life. Just in the street. Takes that young person's life. And Musa's just like, what? he can't even fathom what he just saw. He's like, are you serious? And he freaks out. He says, did you just قَالَ أَقَتَلْتَ نَفْسًا ذَكِيَّةً بِغَيْرِ نَفْسًا did you seriously just take the life of that person, that, that, young, that young man, that boy? You seriously just did that with no cause? He says, you have just done You just done the, I can't imagine how horrible the thing you've done. Khadr looks at him and he says, I told you. Did I not tell you that you wouldn't be able to handle me? 
that you wouldn't be able to be patient with me? So then Musa says, okay, give me one more chance. He says, in sa'altuka an shay'in ba'daha, if I ask you another question after this, then فَلَا Then you can go ahead and leave me. Don't be my companion anymore, okay? Then he says that you have given me, I, I have given you a full excuse now. You can leave my company whenever you wish. Give me one more chance. He goes, and they come upon a town. Ayah number 77. Allah Ta'ala says, they come upon a town, and the people in that town, there was a culture typically of travel, by the way, that when you end up in a town, you're, you're a traveler, people would host you, they would take care of you, they'd feed you. This is like a normal cultural reality uh, in human history, but especially in, in these parts of the world. So they go there, and the people are horrible to them. They don't give them any food, any shelter. It's just Musa and Khidr walking around, knocking on doors, asking for any sustenance, anything, and people are just slamming doors in their faces, being rude to them. And then Khidr walks over, and there's a wall on the edge of the And Musa says, okay. So they rebuild it. After they finish working hard on rebuilding a wall, Musa looks at him and says, if you want, we can probably go ask them for some money. Like, we did them a huge favor. If you want, like, why don't we go ask them for some cash? And that was his way of asking a question, even though he wasn't supposed to ask a question. Because what's he saying? Really, what's he saying? Why did we do that? And so he's trying to like, oh, I know how we did that. Let's go ask him for some cash. And Khidr's like, not slick at all. <laughs> right? Not slick at all. Okay? So then he says, Khidr says, this is, this is the end of our journey together. You couldn't handle it. Right? And by the way, no one here could handle it. So I don't want you guys to feel bad. Or be like, man, why didn't Musa keep asking questions? I would have been quiet. No, you wouldn't have, okay? <laughs> no one here would have. He says, this is the party between me and you, okay? Now I'm going to explain to you the interpretation of the events of the things that you could not be patient to handle. You ready for this? Number one, he says, ayah number 79. He said, the ship... It belonged to the Masakin. It belonged to the people who were Masakin. There was a group of people who were poor. This was all they had. This was their livelihood. And they used to go work out at sea and fish. What was happening was, he continues and he says, I wanted to cause a defect in the ship. Okay? That I wanted to cause a defect in the ship. Why? Because there was a king that was coming behind them, yet He was seizing every ship that looked good. Every ship that looked like it was fine, the king would basically be a pirate. He was setting out his, 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 you know, his thugs to go and capture every single ship that looked good. Imagine that we're in the parking lot, we're walking in, and I take my keys and I go to your car and I just scratch it on the side. And you're like, are you serious? And then you walk out of class, and I tell you, there's somebody that was going to come and steal every car that didn't have a scratch on it. Right? That's effectively, that's effectively what he just told him. He said, there was a king that was coming. Musa, you didn't know this. What I knew, Allah told me, that there was a king that was coming and seizing every ship that didn't have a defect. So I caused a defect in this ship for these people, that this is their only livelihood to do what? To what? To save them. To save them. So Musa's like, hmm. 
Ayah number 80. He says, ghulam, And for the young person, the young boy, that I, the young man that I, I, I took his life, he said, his parents were believers. His parents were good people. But this young man that we had Allah inspired within me and told me that he would grow up and he would burden them with transgression and dis- he would be a tyrant. That this young boy was basically going to be a tyrant. You know, I, I just think to myself when I'm watching Harry Potter and I see like the scenes where Voldemort is young. I'm like, why couldn't someone have just taken him out? <laughs> right? And then, why couldn't someone have just taken him out then? Khidr is saying that this young man, at this point in his life, this boy, this young man, this adolescent, even though he just looked like a boy, that his future was going to be devastating. His future for his family, for his community, for everyone, for his society, was going to be devastating. So he said, so I took his life in so much that Allah would substitute him and give his parents a better child that would not devastate them and devastate their society by oppressing them. Okay? And the last one he says, And as for the wall, he says, There were two young men, two boys, orphan boys, yatimain, fil Medina, in the city. And وَكَانَ تَحْدَهُ Kenzun. Uh, under that wall, there was like a, a treasure that was left for them. Their father left it for them. He was a righteous man. And before he passed away, he left them his inheritance. He left them some treasure for them. And he said, so when I saw the wall was tumbling over, I realized that it would be very soon that those evil people from the town, they would come by this wall, they would see it, they would excavate it, and what would they find? They would find the treasure that was for those two young boys, those two orphans that needed that money more than anything. So he said, I rebuilt the wall of those jerks so that later in life, when they get older, they can receive the information that your father left for you, your inheritance here. It will be protected. No one in the city will ever suspect anything. They'll never have any reason to come dig up there and their treasure will be for them. Okay? So Musa, you can imagine at this point, is like shocked. He's like, what on earth did I just experience? In the first moment, I saw that this person was destroying property. In the second moment, I saw that he just took someone's life. And in the third moment, he was being nice to like evil people. Like this guy is doing it all upside down. It's all twisted. But then when Khidr tells him the reasoning for everything, it becomes clear. Ibn Ajiba says, the tafsir says very beautifully, he says, Musa is a human being. He's like us. And Khidr is a window into destiny. Into why things happen. Khidr knew why things had to happen. Allah had given him that knowledge. Isn't that a question that you and I have a lot? Why? Why is this happening? There's a lot of things. And usually we only ask about the things that are difficult. No one asks about good things. You get a raise, you're like, why Allah, why me? Like no one. <laughs> Only when things are bad, only when things are tough, you say, Oh Allah, why? Why is this happening? Musa was given this moment with Khidr, and it was preserved in this surah, in Surah Al-Kahf, that we're supposed to read every Friday. Huh? It's all clicking now. Because in life, you will constantly be bombarded by moments that are knocking a hole in your ship. Right? The equivalent of that. That are really, really causing you deep confusion. Like, why is this happening? 
I cannot interpret anything from this except for what? Bad. My limited vision, my scope is only allowing me to see that this is evil. But then when Musa sits and Khidr says, let me explain to you what's actually going to happen. Allah has given me knowledge of the future of what's going to happen. Let me tell you why I did these things. Then it almost becomes like, man, I'm so glad you did that. If you didn't do that, it would have been destruction. If you didn't ruin the ship, it would have been stolen. If you didn't take the life of that boy, he would have grown up and been the next Pharaoh. Right? The next Pharaoh that ruined society. If you didn't build that wall, those two orphan boys wouldn't have had their, their money from their father, who was such a righteous guy trying to help them before he died. Okay? So when you read this passage every Friday during Jummah, you have to remember this story to remind yourself that there are things in life that are happening. And, and I am Musa, and Allah Ta'ala knows, because he's the one who gave Khadr knowledge, he knows exactly why these things are happening to me in the first place. He knows exactly why. And what was the one thing that Khadr kept saying to Musa? Be patient. Don't you guys hate that? When someone says, just be patient, you're like, no. I don't want to be patient. But what we learn, subhanAllah, is that you only come to realize truth at the end of patience. That's just the reality. You only come to realize truth at the end of patience. You want to know how valuable patience is? Patience is so valuable that the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, when he was talking about this story to his companions, teaching them, you know what he said? He goes, if only my brother Musa was patient. He said he would have seen thousands of examples like this and it would have taught us more about, the, about, about destiny, about predestination. He goes, if only he didn't ask. Because he asked, the, the, the line was shut. You only get three. But if Prophet Musa was able to not ask, Muhammad said, the Prophet Muhammad said, we would have gotten thousands of examples. We would have had books and books and books and books of this is why this is happening. Imagine, imagine. But alhamdulillah, this is what Allah gave us, and this is enough for us to trust what Allah Ta'ala's plan is. The lesson from the story of Musa and Khidr is that there is always more than meets the eye. But if a person's heart is set on trusting Allah, that they know, then they know at that moment that patience is what they need to get what they understand. And just like these, all these stories had their eventual endings, just like all these stories had their eventual truths, you will come to know, inshallah, why things in your life are happening the way they are. That is just the reality. You will come to know. If you become agitated and impatient, then you may not come to know because in order to know, you need clarity. But if you can remain patient and remain trusting, you will come to know very quickly. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the patience that we need to be able to go through whatever we're going through. We ask Allah ta'ala to give us the ability to trust Him in the way that Musa alayhi was supposed to trust Khidr. We ask Allah ta'ala to give us that amount of trust and more trust in His plan. We ask Allah ta'ala to allow us to always be able to go through any challenge or any test with complete faith in his plan and his strategy and in his wisdom and that we have complete patience until we come to know or even if we don't come to know that we trust Allah Ta'ala until the very end. We ask Allah Ta'ala to give us all the lessons that we read today and more. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Anyone have any questions? We'll take a few questions from anybody. Nothing about the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Because that boy was going to grow up to be a 
Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's not the case with every single, you know, uh, person who is going to be tired, they're not killed. Yes. So I'm just trying to understand, like, what was, I mean, of course you can't understand the wisdom of Allah, but, like, if we can try to understand what was the wisdom behind just playing that, killing that young boy because he was going to grow up and become a tyrant and not do that with others yeah. who are going to grow up and become tyrants. So, very good. So the question is, not every person, all these scenarios that happened, like not every car accident that happens is because someone's coming to steal your car, okay? Not every person that dies is because they're gonna do something horrific later, okay? The Surah is not telling us to, to find the exact reason. The Surah is telling us to do what? To trust that there is a reason. Now the natural question is what? Why wouldn't Allah just make it known to us? that this person you're friends with in 20 years is going to hurt your feelings and your relationship is going to break apart. You would look at them and say, I don't really want to be friends with you. And you look at someone else and you know what they're going to do and they're going to do and they're going to do. All the wisdom of all the destiny would be apparent to you and you'd say, I don't really want to be around anybody. Let me move on. And you would miss out on so many experiences, so much. You would miss out on so many experiences out of fear of what could potentially go wrong, right? Or that it is going to go wrong at the end. But in the journey of what you experience, there's so much to gain. There's so much benefit. There are many people that you probably have been, had a relationship in your life with, friendship, etc. That maybe isn't where it was. And if you knew that at the beginning, you're like, I don't really want to invest all this time, all this energy, all this, you know, into this. But you actually gained a lot from that because you didn't know what the eventuality was going to be. So sometimes we, we yearn to know, but in fact it would actually be torturous. For us to know everything that was hidden from us, it would actually make us like chaotic people. We wouldn't be able to function normally. Because we have to operate on good faith, there's just a level of tranquility that exists within us. Right? I almost don't want to know. Right? That's kind of, we say that sometimes. I'm doing this and I kind of almost don't want to know what's going to Like, I, I kind of just want to do it with sincerity and then whatever happens, happens. If you knew everything that was going to happen, then you would be incapable of experiencing sincerity because you would only do what fit you and you would stay away what didn't fit you. So, the Surah is not saying that you will come to uncover every scenario, right? It's not saying that when you see somebody, and by the way, it's also not saying to try because that's what Musa tried to do, okay? Also, another side point Ibn Adiwa mentions, Musa was upset at everything that happened, wasn't he? He was upset when the ship was ruined. He was upset when the boy got killed. He was upset when he built a wall for these horrible people. The tafsir says, Musa is the Muslim. You should be upset when you see something wrong. You should. If you see somebody ruin someone's property, you should get upset. If you see a young person, or an old person, or any person for that matter, being oppressed to the point of, you know, torture, physical abuse, murder, you shouldn't just say, ah, there's a reason. Don't be that person, right? You should be upset. Be like Musa But along with having your human reaction, you have to have the trust that there's something there. You have to know that. Now there's a time, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to advise everybody this. There's a time to come to remind and to talk about the wisdom behind things, and that time is not at the onset of the calamity. If somebody experiences tragedy, 
it is not the time to tell them there's a reason. Okay? Like, don't be that person. It may take them months or years before they want to have that conversation. Right? All this is saying to us is that we need to know that there is, in fact, divine strategy behind everything. Nothing is happening chaotically. Nothing is happening haphazardly. Allah Ta'ala is not out of knowledge of what's happening. No. It's all following divine strategy. Right? And we're in good hands. Yes? So in this story, Hither is an agent of good. Yes. And thus, these three instances happen for good reason. But could there not be an agent of evil that just does things because they're evil? Sure. There's definitely a, the, the, there's definitely a possibility that someone does something wrong in the position of a, a not Khidr, of course, but someone could do something wrong. What gives us the knowledge that Khidr is good is Allah. Allah told Musa that this is my servant, my knowledgeable servant. I gave him knowledge. Khidr is acting knowing what the future is. Musa is you and I. We don't know what the future is. But Khidr is an individual that Allah has, he's giving us a, a little peek of what a person would be like if they knew what the future held, right? And so the lesson here is ultimately what? There is a reason that things happen. Khidr is an example of that. Khidr is a person who knew that and acted accordingly. Our limited scope causes us to react like Musa did. How could you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? But when we start to think about what Khidr knew, we start to have trust in the one that gave Khidr that knowledge in the first place. Right? We don't trust Khidr. <laughs> we trust the one that gave knowledge to Khidr. Right? Wow, good question. Anyone else before we promote him, inshallah? Last question. Bro, it's killing you, that inshallah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, people have free will? Yes. So, no. And the reason why is because free will is part of the destiny that God granted us. Okay? So, an example is, God's knowledge of something does not take away our choice. Both of those things exist simultaneously. So God knows exactly what you're going to do, right? But at the same time, gave you the choice to do what you like to do. My teacher told me this example one time where he had a cup of water and a cup of filth, right? Like mud and then clear water. And he said, choose which one you want to drink from. And everybody who had senses was like, yeah, we're going to drink from the clean water, right? He said, I knew that, but I still give you the choice. And God's knowledge is infinitely greater than that example. But he said, this is an example of how someone can know something while still giving another person the choice to do something, right? And this is my example with my, even my own children, is that even though I tell them like, hey, do you want this or do you want this? I know what they're gonna choose. My knowledge of knowing does not restrict them from choosing, right? Their experience is that they have free will. My experience is that I know what I'm gonna give them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're not mutually exclusive. And, and then at the end of that, we'll stop to pray inshallah. At the end of that comes an overwhelming sense of humility that my ability to comprehend this is even somewhat spotty, right? Like when we try to think of infinite, infinity, your brain stops, right? We can think of time to a certain degree along a spectrum, along a, a, a you know, linear you know, fashion. And then we're like, think of beyond that. And you're like, I can't, my mind just stops, right? Uh, and so in that way, 
there is also that limit that God has set upon us to understand how destiny works, how predestination works, and how a person's free will works. Yeah. That's its own, that's what I teach at the seminary upstairs, and it takes an entire semester. So I just gave you like a two-minute unsatisfactory answer, but uh, we can have some more discussions on that. Okay, does that okay, everybody? We'll see you, inshallah. Salam